Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, let's round out the show with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast. Evening to you, Paolo. Evening, Simon. Alex, how are you guys? Good, Very man. good. Uh, now, we last spoke, uh, since we last spoke, the Central Coast Mariners uh, beat MacArthur in that epic ASEAN zone final last week after extra time. So now they're going to play Odisha of uh, the Indian Super League in the Interzone playoff semi-final, a two-legged affair. Uh, what sort of team are the Mariners going to be up against? A team that's in form. They're top of the table in the uh, the Indian Super League at the moment. So um, they're, they're getting a team that's that's certainly in form. They're not one of the, the biggest clubs in the Indian Super League. I think we like think of the likes of Mumbai City or Bengaluru, Kerala Blasters are the the, the bigger teams. Odisha actually started life as as Delhi Dynamos. If people remember the early days of the the Indian Super League um, before they moved to Odisha, about 2,000 kilometres away um, in, in 2019. But as I said, they're a, a team in form. They've got a really good coach, Sergio Libera, who's who's won things wherever he's gone uh, in Indian football, um, did so at FC Goa, did so at Mumbai City, and now has gone to Odisha and, and turned them into a, a table-topping team um, with, with title aspirations as well. So they'll be a... A formidable outfit to come up against. There's a couple of names that Australians will recognise as well. The, the biggest, obviously, is Roy Krishna. Of course, we remember him from his time uh, in the A-League, who's become a star since he's he's gone to uh, to India as well. But they'll also come up against a, a former teammate, a former Mariner as well in, in the Japanese player, Sai Goddard, who spent some time at uh, at Gosford as well, who's, uh, who's at Odisha. So it, it's going to be a, a fascinating matchup. Of course, we've seen a lot of Australians go over to, uh, to India over the last couple of years. So it's the first time we're going to get a chance to see a, an A-League team against an ISL team. So it'll be fascinating to uh, to see how that matchup fares. We mentioned uh, Harry Kuehl taking over as Yokohama Marinos coach uh, last week. He's off to a flyer there, um, guiding his side through to the quarterfinals of the uh, the Champions League and, and had a very close one on the weekend as well. They did. They've become the, the masters of the late escape over the uh, the last week. They needed a 120th minute penalty against Bangkok to get through to, to the quarterfinals and then two goals in the final five minutes against Tokyo Verde on the weekend. The winner was an absolute banger as well from, from Ken Matsubara to uh, to seal all three points and probably takes a, a little bit of the, the pressure off H. He's coming into this role, I think he's got a lot of pressure on him because he doesn't have the runs on the board that, say, Ange or Muskie did when he came, when they went into that job. This is really his chance to, to prove himself as a manager, and it's a club that now comes to expect success. So for him to get a win first up is is really important, and you saw the celebrations from him when the winner went in, um, and you saw what it meant to him as well. I think he realised just how big that that moment was but it was fantastic to have the J League back on the weekend 53,000 at that game at the National Stadium Tokyo Verdi back in the the J League for the first time in in over a decade I think and and that was a, 
essentially a rerun of the opening match of the J League from from 1993. It was Yokohama Marinos and Verdi Kawasaki as they was wow. back in the day. Marinos won that game two one as well, and certain Kazumiura played in that game, and he's still playing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nice little touch to history there. Yeah, in the days when we had the Yokohama Flugels. Uh, mm. who I think later became Yokohama FC, didn't they? But um, I digress. Uh, still in the J-League, Machida Zelvia, another newly promoted club, uh, got off uh, to a one-all draw against uh, Gamba Osaka. Uh, no Mitch Duke in the squad. Is that a hangover from the injury that he had at the Asian Cup or, or something else? I, th- I think it might be. I mean, what I heard was that he's just he's not fit yet to, to play, so p- potentially some lingering effects from the... The knock that he picked up at the Asian Cup um, maybe hasn't been able to regain full fitness yet. Um, but they're, they're a fascinating story, Machida Zelvia, um, from an unloved corner of, of Tokyo in the outer, outer suburbs there. Um, a, a shameless plug, but a, a great piece on the Asian Game website from our very own um, Scott McIntyre, who delved into sort of their, their story and the, the story of their coach as well, who has a fascinating backstory. So I'd encourage everyone to go along and, and read that and learn more about Mitch Duke's club, who who have big aspirations that they've got a big backing behind them. So they're a team to watch in the J-League this season. And turning our attention to the K-League, that, uh, that starts this weekend. Um, Ulsan are the back-to-back champions. Uh, can they become just the third team to do the three-peat? They can. They'll, they'll certainly start the season as favourites, and it's, it's hard to see who at this stage might be able to knock them off their perch. Pohang Steelers and John Book are probably the two most likely to to do that. But having gone back-to-back, they certainly start the season as favourites. I think a lot will depend on what happens with Hong Wenbo, their, their coach, um, who's linked with a, a, a potential um, promotion, if you want to call it that, to the, the senior national team gig now that that, um, now that, that position is... Is vacant, so if he goes, perhaps that perhaps that might destabilize uh, destable them a little bit. So, um, but they'll certainly start the season as favourites, and I think there's a lot of intrigue around FC Seoul as well. I mean, we seem to say it every year as to whether this could be the season that they get back to their their glory days. They've brought Jesse Lingard in, which has attracted a lot of attention. I think there's going to be a lot of fascination as to how that one unfolds. It could be uh, a great success, or it could be an absolute disaster. So. Keep an eye on that one as well. Now, you mentioned uh, Hong Mong Bo has been linked with that national team job. Um, he has been there before, of course, a long time ago. Mm. And I, I'm not sure he 100% wants it, does it, from what I've read in the Korean media. He says he keeps being linked with it, but he's he's not putting his name forward. And I see they've actually made an interim appointment today, the Koreans. So is that a case of them buying a bit of time whilst they try and work on Hong a bit? Uh, yeah, whether it's Hong or, or whether it's someone else, I think they realise that it's an appointment that they can't rush. And of course, there's qualifiers in only a, a couple of weeks in in the March window. And having had the disaster of the the Jurgen Klinsmann appointment, I think they realise that they they can't rush this. Give themselves a little bit more time, which perhaps maybe suggests that they're going to look for a, a foreign coach. If they I think if they were going to go a, a local coach, perhaps they might have just made the decision now as far as i understand they can basically choose any coach they want from the from the k-league without um you know any discourse whatsoever between them and the club they can just take them and and deal with that later which is which is fascinating so the fact they haven't done that perhaps they're going to try and work something out with also or perhaps they are going to look to see what international interest is out there um Sinor Gunes, um former turkey coach um uh, has been linked with 
with a return to Korea recently with FC Seoul. He might be on the list. I've seen Hervé Renard's name mentioned as well. So there'll be no doubt a lot of interest because it's a very good squad and um, there'll be a lot of managers interested. So um, a lot of pressure, I think, on the KFA to get this appointment right. There was news uh, in this past week that Saudi Arabia and Uzbekistan have pulled out of their bid to uh, to host the Women's Asian Cup in 2026. Uh, does that mean Australia is is set to host? Uh, yeah, it absolutely does because um, as far as I was aware, it was just a three horse race between Australia and and uh, between Australia, Saudi Arabia, and Uzbekistan. And I, I caught whispers probably a couple of months ago that this had happened that Saudi Arabia and Uzbekistan had had actually withdrawn and sort of no official confirmation as such, but more or less confirmation this week that that is that is the case that Saudi and Uzbekistan have withdrawn that leaves Australia as the only bidder. So it's impossible to see that Australia doesn't get that tournament. And I think it's the right decision. It's the right thing for, for this tournament. The last two hosts of this tournament have been developing nations in, in Jordan and India. And I think what it needs now is a, a showpiece event to elevate its status once again as a a premier elite competition. Um, and if it's half as good as what the Women's World Cup was be, then it's it's something to get excited about. And I think the Women's Asian Cup needed that, um, needed that big boost to, to elevate this tournament back up there. So it's going to be great for Australia. Yeah, I think a bit of horse trading might have gone on there with uh, the World Cup oh, in yeah. 2034. <laughs> you can have that. We will stand down, but we get the Women's Asian Cup. I think that's pretty much how it works. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Saudis are currently hosting their first ever women's tournament, which is the WAF Championship, the West Asian Federation. Uh, it's not quite gone according to plan, though, for the host. They lost all three group games. Uh, so they've got a long way to go before they're going to be challenging the likes of Japan and Australia and uh, one or two others in regional circles. Yeah, absolutely. And I think perhaps that, of course, no doubt, I think the horse trading, as you, said, as you mentioned, has definitely gone on. But I think they realise that their team is is still very much in its infancy, is, has a long way to go in its development, which perhaps informs their decision to to withdraw from 2026 as well, because they know they're probably not going to be competitive in that time. And, and they don't want to host a tournament that they're not going to be competitive in so they'd rather wait until they have a team that that is more competitive um as you said they lost all three games probably not unexpected given where they are at in their development i think they had a, a an opening 3-1 loss to jordan which on paper given jordan's relative strength within the the region is probably the best team in in west asia on paper isn't necessarily a, a bad result but there's a, a lot of investment going into women's football in saudi i think this is a long-term play and they realise they've got a, a lot of work to do to, to, to catch up to the rest of the continent. Won't be long, I'm sure. Uh, I was going to ask you about Akram Afif because he's uh, supposedly putting feelers out for a move to Europe, but uh, I think the clock's probably beaten us. So we'll maybe save that one for next week. Uh, Paolo, as ever, brilliant uh, insights. Thanks so much, mate. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Look forward to it.